everyone and welcome to another edition of race time radio all live tonight two hours right in a row all live on sirius xm channel 167 canada talks and of course on rev tv canada and the performance motorsport network.com down in the u.s hello to absolutely everyone have we got a dandy lineup for you tonight I'm Joe Chisholm, along with Junior, right here in the studio. What's going on tonight there, big feller? Hey, we're here. <laughs> yes, you are. Yeah, here in the studio and uh, ready to uh, talk to a bunch of winners. Looking forward to that. And, uh, yeah, man, what uh, what a crazy season it's been so far. Mm. And, uh, you know, got a chance to uh, kind of reflect back on all the stuff that has happened. And uh, it's been uh, it's been a, a, just a, a wild season so far. Oh, yeah. Two, <laughs> That's the two best nights, way I can put it. Two nights on dirt, uh, Monday, Wednesday. It's supposed to be Monday, Tuesday. Rain got in the way. Monday, Wednesday on dirt out of weekend with the NASCAR Pinty Series. And then, of course, Friday night, everything fired off like normal at Delaware Speedway on the half mile. Uh, it was a great night of racing at Delaware Speedway. We're going to get into all that a little bit later. On Canada's East Coast, it was time to turn them loose at Riverside International Speedway. And that they did. The East Coast International Pro Stock Tour was green there, along with the uh, Heart of a Champion, the Hot Rod Series. Um, and we're going to get into all that a little bit later in the show. The East Coast also entertained at Speedway 660, the Super Late Model Series. And it was Corey Hall going to victory lane there. We're going to hear from Corey on the show. Uh, we got, uh, let me tell you who we've got exactly coming on the show. We're going to kick it all off in mere moments here with the number 54 superior concrete Chevrolet, uh, goes to victory lane. I believe that is his second race might be third win now for the 54, a Jared butcher out on Canada's East coast, uh, goes to victory lane at Riverside international speedway. Then we'll also catch up with the number 20 NASCAR Pinty's driver. Uh, he went to victory lane on dirt on Wednesday night at us weekend speedway. Of course, Kenny Schrader winning night number one in the 22 car. Uh, we'll talk to Trayton tonight on the show all live. And then Delaware Speedway, Pro Late Models back on the schedule there. They did a 75 lap race. The number 22, not Kyle Steckley. He came in second in this one. It was a different 22 at the front of the field. Chase Pensano got his first Pro Late Model win. We're going to catch up with Chase on the show tonight. Uh, Douglas Fisher, you'll remember a couple months ago we had Douglas on the show, and he was going to do his bucket list tour with his hot rod car. He's got, I believe, 69 Nova. Got it all done up. He headed out east, and he's been hitting all the tracks out there, whether it be Petty International Raceway. I know he made his way out to Oysterbed Speedway, uh, took a green flag, and did some racing. I think he even won a heat at Scotia Speed World. Last night, he was at uh, Riverside International Speedway. So Douglas Fisher got a chance to do this. Got one more race 
on the Bucket List Tour, and that will take place this coming weekend at Speedway 660 in Brunswick on his way home, and then back to Ontario, back to the grind for Douglas Fisher, and his uh, Bucket List Tour will be complete. We're going to catch up with Douglas tonight before he does his final event. He's still out there. Uh, we're going to catch up with him, find out how absolutely everything has transpired with him. And uh, after that, also in hour number two, Corey Hall, driver of the 83, got it done at Speedway 660 on the weekend for the Super Late Model Tour. That is who we've got coming at you tonight. Going to be a big night. And I know, Junior, you were at both dates. The NASCAR Pinty Series on dirt. What did you think? That was uh, quite good. two nights of a- excellent action. It was, yeah. It was. Uh, it was definitely exciting. Um, uh, the crowd got their money's worth. That's for sure. Um, it was uh, a very, very similar looking racetrack uh, to what we've seen in two thousand and twenty two. Um, you know where it it was completely polished off. Um, uh, I couldn't believe the track conditions. Um, they they did not form that big rut. They did a great job of keeping that uh, that thing packed in uh, between sessions and and uh, uh, you know the the entire staff at Ashwikan needs to say uh, a big round of applause. They did a wonderful job uh, with the facility. I know the uh, the mud played havoc. You know, getting some of them RVs and and, and campers out of there uh, on Wednesday night uh, and really on 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 Tuesday um, through the day. Um, you know, but they they uh, they reacted to everything that was thrown at them. Uh, obviously, with a rain day, the crowd wasn't exactly what you'd want to see on a Wednesday. That's true. But uh, uh, a kind of a difficult pill to swallow because a lot of people missed out on on a wild show um you know you touched on it uh, kenny schrader goes to victory lane and uh you know night number one and night number two goes to uh, trayton lapsovich those two cars the 22 and the 20 they had the field covered <laughs> um they were uh absolutely fast um out of the gate um and uh, and really they never looked back they were one two the entire time and um you know the entire field kind of uh, you know, drew a big target on their back for next year because they uh, they definitely need to pick it up uh, uh, to get into that realm um, speed wise. But uh, uh, it'll be cool to catch up with Trayton. Trayton that was a big win for him last year, even bigger win again for him this year. Um, he ties Andrew Ranger for six in a year. Um, you know, he's uh, he's been lights out good this year, and and uh, um, just the, nothing nothing bad you could say about them. It's just been uh, a wild year. Uh, for Trayton and and that whole twenty camp, uh, they've uh, they've been knocking on all cylinders and and uh, it's it's been cool to watch. But uh, uh, you know, Andrew Ranger, you know, I gotta give a shout out. We finally made it back on the podium. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, you didn't think you'd say that. Uh, you know, three quarters of the way through a year, but uh, uh, Ranger has had a, just an atrocious year and and uh, uh, battled back to a third place finish on night number two. And um, you know, it was a, it was a hard earned third. It was uh, uh, he went out there and took it so uh yeah looking forward to uh to icar which is up next and uh you know we uh one thing i do want to touch on you know um uh, the sport uh, has has had some loss over the last little bit yes um you know um alan Lark, uh, alan larkin over at uh at uh, sunset speedway uh, of course we we lost him mm. uh, he's good good uh uh, good buddy, and he was definitely an, a an ambassador um, for for the sport and all all facets. Um, but then as well, we learned this week uh, Frank Davy, um, the, yes. the forty nine Superstock, 
um, Frankie, uh, he left our world as well. So, uh, uh, you know, the, uh, the, the, the hearts were, were heavy over at Sunset Speedway last night. Um, and, uh, you know, it'll, it, he'll be, he'll be sorely missed in the Superstock garage. Uh, and really any, any campground that, uh, is near a racetrack, uh, uh, always, always the life of the party and always a, a great dude. But, uh, uh, yeah, just wanted to kind of kick things off yeah. in, in memory of both those guys. Good, good. Uh, and, uh, uh, echoed 100%. Let's get to our first winner, shall we? I can see his name up and now I can see him. Driver, the number 54 for Superior Concrete. And Atlantic Tilt Load, he did another fine job last night at Riverside International Speedway. It's the 54. Jared Butcher, what's going on tonight there, winner? How you doing? Uh, not bad yourself. Doing fantastic, man. Uh, back into victory lane. What is that, two or three? Uh, it's three this year. Yeah. You know, went yeah. from none to three, so that's pretty cool. That's right. See, now that's what happens. You start winning races. Old guys like me can't remember how many there has been now. They're, they're coming fast and furious. Yeah, no, so it's been a good season so far. Um, we've had our ups and downs. But, um, you know, they, they I guess, you know, they always say after you get the first one, they come easier. And I don't know if they come easier, yeah. but I guess, you know, maybe you figure out what you got to do to get them. Yeah, well, you're getting it figured out quite uh, in good order and good timing, Jared. Take us back to uh, Riverside International Speedway last night. Where did you qualify? Where did you roll off? And uh, I know you wouldn't have been on the pole, man. Anytime you're winning, you're moving back in the East Coast International Pro Stock Tour. What was it like? Yeah, so we uh, we started second in, our, in the uh, heat, uh, second heat, and we uh, won that. But with the whole uh, procedure, how if you win a race, you can't start any better than 11th. Uh, I think we started 12th, uh, 11th or 12th, one of them. And, you know, we picked up a couple guys uh, first. And then, you know, we rode around to their competition, gosh, and picked a couple guys up again. You know, rode around, just, uh, you know, kind of bided our time. And, uh, you know, we got a little racy, you know, with probably 40 to go. We kind of followed in line, you know, me, Craig Slom, Mike, uh Mike Rogers, and Russell, and, you know, when it was time to go, I was, you know, I didn't think, I didn't know if I was going to be able to go or not, but I was, uh, you know, I was able to, you know, keep it up on the outside and, uh, you know, make the pass for second and then go to, uh, you know, race Mike Rogers for lead to win. Oh, and that's beautiful, right? At Riverside, when you can get the car to work up on that high groove, there is nothing like it. You don't kill the momentum, you keep it up, and you can come off turn two and four, you can come off there like uh, flying at Riverside, and that's what it takes, right? You got to have the momentum. You got to have the speed to win there. Yeah, no. Um, this year we, you know, the two fifty, we had a good car there, and we went back there, same setup. And I've sucked at Riverside for a long time. I like the track. I just, I couldn't figure it out. I couldn't figure out the momentum part of it. You know, just the little stuff. And uh, you know, once you figure it out, it's a fun track to drive. And, uh, you know, it, it was pretty cool to win there. I know it's not the 250, but you know, Riverside's a pretty prestigious track to win at. It's a beautiful track. And, uh, you know, just to be able to get a win at a third, you know, a third win this year, uh, three different tracks, you know, it's, uh, it's pretty cool. Yeah, it would be. It would be. And you learned, right? You picked up on something that you didn't have the last time out the 250. That's what it takes. You build that notebook a little bit higher. Is there any of Cole's notes? Of course, your brother, driver of the 53, 
He's been racing down south this year. But Cole is a past champion in the series, multiple winner. He's won at Riverside Lots. Do you ever go over and pull out, you know, Cole's notebook? Does it apply to your 54 car? Or have you got to build your own notes? Uh, for Riverside, it, uh, I guess it doesn't, um, you know, I guess it doesn't, it doesn't because, you know, the setup that he ran, you know, for a long time we ran, uh, we always run distance cars, but, uh, last year and this year we ran, uh, the Hampton Riverside. Um, we run distance cars everywhere else. There's a really good car. And, uh, you know, the setup that he ran last year versus the setup that I run this year is, uh, is quite a bit different. Um, he, I shouldn't say quite a bit different, but, you know, it's, there's some difference to it. So, uh, you know, his notebook, I haven't really looked at it for that track, but, you know, when we go to Scotia and Petty and all those tracks, I, uh, I look at his notes, you know, it's kind of, it's basically his setup. And, uh, I just, you know, I have to put it in the car and put it in the car properly. Some, some weeks I do good. Some weeks I, you know, I must, you know, miss, miss it on the measurement tape or something. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it happens, right? Absolutely. It happens. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, you know, when you, uh, when you're trying to mirror image, a, a, a setup, it's, it's amazing. You miss one little thing and it can put five measurements off, right? It's, uh, uh, it, it uh, it's always, uh, it's always a cat and mouse game when you're trying to, when you're trying to mirror a, a, a setup, Jared, uh, looking at, uh, at your season so far, uh, obviously, a, an overwhelming success. Um, getting that first win, getting it, getting the momentum moving forward. Everybody knew you were going to make it to victory lane, you know, sooner rather than later. And, uh, you know, as these wins start clicking off here, um, what's it feel like when you show up at the racetrack now? Does it, does it, does it feel different knowing, Hey, look, you know, we got one, we got two, now we're, we got three. Uh, does it start to feel different when you roll in through the back gate now and, and know that you're. You know, not just a, a competitive car, but but you're one to beat. Um, yeah, I guess in a way, you know, if it, it, it's pretty cool to you know know that you are a car to beat. Um, before you know, we were a car to beat every now and then. Uh, mainly, like even just when we went to Scotia, you know, we were I shouldn't say we were a car to beat, but we were but we were a car to contend. But now I feel like you know, not every not. Most weekends, I feel like we are a car to uh, beat for the win, and uh, you know that's a pretty good feeling to have going week in and week out. So, and this was a truly special event. It was the 250th Pro Stock Tour race that's ever hit the racetrack at Riverside, and uh, you're going to go down into the history books for more than the third win. You're going to go down as the 250th winner of a pro stock tour race that's uh they're really mounting some numbers now the tour yeah i didn't realize until we were at the 250 at scotia that uh you know we were coming up on that event and they uh they told me about it then so you know it was pretty cool to win that like i said just winning at riverside is pretty special in its own um but you know winning the 250th race that's pretty cool you know it's pro stock tour has been around for a long time and hopefully for uh you know more time to come are you watching points at all yet, Jared? Are you sort of looking over the pages to find out where you're at, or do you hang on? You still got more races to come. Do you look after, or are you looking now? Uh, you look at them, but, you know, there's only two races left. So, you know, it's it's hard to do it. I don't like point racing. I never have, never did, or, you know, never will. Um, 
but you looked at them just to say, hey, you know, is there a chance? And I, you know, I think we're like 49 points out. Yeah, there's a chance. But, you know, everything has to be perfect. And, you know, that's part of winning the championship. So if we can go out and, uh, you know, if, you know, if we go out and win the next two races, not win the championship, you know, you did everything you could. You try, you know, you won the races, points take care of themselves. But, you know, just winning races, you know, I'm just happy doing that. Jared, obviously, uh, there was the uh, equality in in the field, um, but I don't think we would do service to the fans to, to if we didn't talk about it. The car count wasn't where we where, where we want to see a a, a a pro stock tour race or a, a late model race, you know, in general. Um, what do you attribute that to? I don't know. It's it's a hard deal. There's uh, you know, cost of everything's getting up, so you know. People are, uh, you know, it, it, it's a co- it costs a lot to go to a pro stock tour race. Um, I don't know. I guess there's two different series going on. It doesn't help it, but I mean, uh, it's it's a hard deal. It's a, it's a lot of work. I know, I know. Leading up to this race, I uh, I was kind of like maxed out. I was like, you know, I want to break. You know, I wasn't honestly looking forward to going to Riverside. I was just, you know, I just tired. So, you know, you go, you go the full season and it, and it can be a lot. And, uh, you know, people that are trying to go full time or, you know, work, working and then going, uh, through the, uh, night to work on their car, it's a lot. So, you know, I can see people getting tired and, you know, burnt out. So that probably contributes a little bit to it. Well, this is Jared Butcher. He drives the 54 out on Canada's East Coast International Pro Stock Tour. He wins at Riverside just last night. Final question for you there, big guy. What is your next race? What do you get prepared for? And do you get a little bit of time now to kick back a little bit? Uh, I uh, My next race is, is, I think, Riverside the following time. You know, I looked to go into the 250 there, but at the 250 in Fredericton. But um, I'm going down to uh, Oxford with Cole on uh, on Wednesday to help him down there. But um, you know, I'm a helper there. I'm not a racer. You know, so but I'd say probably Riverside. Talk about the 215 but that's still up in the air. You bet. Well, we'll be uh, with bated breath. We'll be watching to find out where you show up. Looks like your guests behind you are bugging out, buddy. You better get to them. Uh, congratulations on the win. And we can't thank you enough for the time on Race Time. Say hi to Annie and uh, Darren Forrest, will you, please? All right, I will. You betcha. That is Jared Butcher, driver of the 54. He's lighting a lamp now, Junior. That guy is getting wins. Like you said, we knew he was gonna. Just gonna be a matter of time. Yeah, it's it's incredible. You know, you, you see somebody who's who's chomping at that bit and and clicking numbers off like he has been right in the last two years. Um, you know, it, it, it was either second or third for a little while there, and and uh, you know he'd go out there and and you know either set fast time in practice or or you know be fast in the heats or or what have you. He was always there in the mix, and. Uh, you know, it, it kind of reminded me of, of when Matt Pertigo came into late model racing. You know, mm-hmm. he was the, the bridesmaid for the longest time. Yep. It seemed like he couldn't break through with that win. And then once he did, it was like they just, the, the snowball just continued to roll. And, yeah. And, uh, you know, that's definitely going to be the way with Jared. Um, you know, you look at Cole, you look at Jared. Um, you can tell they're both different guys, right? <laughs> they, they're they not the same person. They're nope. Not, they're they not a carbon copy. Differently. 
and they they approach uh, an interview differently, just like they would approach the corner differently. And and uh, um, you know, it, it is a dangerous combo now, though, that they are both winners. And mm. um, you know, when they show up to a racetrack, uh, uh, look out! I can't wait to see his rebound, and I hope that he's that he's going to be down there. Um, but his rebound down into the snowball derby this year, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, you know the the snowball week. Um, I hope that he's in the snowflake. You know, again, mm-hmm. um, I think now that he's got the confidence and the wins and and that on this side of the border, you put him down there in the in the in the flake with Donnie Wilson and those guys, and uh, he's going to be a favorite to win that that oh. deal down there. And and uh, uh, I look forward to to seeing all that transpire uh, as we move into the playoff season and the off season. Yeah, so much talent up here on this side of the border. Love when we can match it up and get on the same track. As the Thunder in the U.S., always, always a good show. Watch. The Snowball Derby is going to be off the hook again this year. If you got plans, make it to the Snowball Derby. It comes up in December. I know we've got some viewers that watch Race Time Radio that have already messaged me looking for uh, good spots to stay, and we'll get you all the information you need to know as we get a little closer. Going to hit this break when we come back. The Monday night, pardon me, the Wednesday night winner from Oshwegan in the NASCAR Pinty Series, driver the number 20, Triton Lapsovich, is going to join us on the other side of the break. Stay with us. Hi, race fans. This is Dave Dykstra, sprint driver of the 5D Corpac Oshwegan Sprint, and you're listening to Race Time Radio. You can never know what it's like. You're listening to Canada Talks. On Sirius XM, channel 167. Did you know you can get home and away feeds for every NFL, NBA, and NHL game on your phone? I can't believe it! Every game, all season. It's all on the SXM app. Sports the way they're meant to be heard. With your hometown announcers, just Just a tap tap away. Search for your team, then tap the star on the corner of the screen and save it as your favorite. And it is gone! An incredible finish! And if you love college sports, when the game is on, just search for your school. It's always a home game when you listen to sports on the SXM app. Free for most subscribers. What is Sirius XM NASCAR Radio? Tyler Reddy will go to Victory Lane at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. You just won at Indy. Down here in Victory Lane, let me ask the fans. It's all. Joey Logano will set his sights on the championship. Uh, two times, baby. Things. He shot him up the right track. Back up on the throttle as he heads to victory. <laughs> NASCAR. Oh, he loses it. He crashes. Sirius XM NASCAR Radio, Channel 90. Also streaming on the SXM app. Oh, hell yeah. Even though Napa is a nationally known name, nearly all of our stores are built from the ground up by local owners and families. People you might call neighbors will be here, there, and everywhere. Doing what neighbors do to keep their communities moving forward. You stop by a Napa Auto Parts store, you can count on Napa know-how. Tonight's Race Time Radio is brought to you by Napa Auto Parts Stores, New Glasgow, Andy Ganesh, and Port Hawkesbury, Nova Scotia. You can count on Napa know-how. AP Race Fuels, the worldwide leader in race fuel technology. Drivers, start your engines! Welcome back to the track. Live on Race Time Radio, Sirius XM 167. 
And welcome back, one and all, alive tonight on Sirius XM Channel 167 Canada Talks. And absolutely hello to everybody tuned in on Rev TV Canada Tuesday from 4 to 6 p.m. Eastern, right across this big, beautiful country. Let's get back to the Zoom line and let's welcome in that driver that went to Victory Lane on Wednesday night out of Sweden Speedway in the NASCAR Penny Series. He topped them all. He drives the number 20. He's the point leader. He's been tearing it up all year. Trayton Lapsovich joins us right now. What's going on there? Trey, how you doing, kid? We're actually just on our way back home from Watkins Glen. Are you? Down at Watkins Glen, where were you? Oh, just watching this weekend, were you? Yeah, we uh, we couldn't we couldn't help but get back to the racetrack on our weekend off, so <laughs> decided to head down to Watkins Glen for, uh, well, to see Caden on Friday as he was their crew chief in an ARCA car, and then uh, we stayed up until today as well. That's a nice racy track, isn't it, Trey? And it, 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 that, that's going to be one that you're going to love to run on because you're, one day you're going to be on that, baby. It's a really cool track. I mean, it uh, the elevation's really cool. Um, you know, it's uh, it's really fast, which I I think I would enjoy quite a bit. So, uh, really hoping we can get there sometime soon. Speaking of elevation, you, my friend, are elevating yourself and your career into a totally different zip code in NASCAR Pindies this year. You had it all going on, including Wednesday night. You repeat as a feature winner at us weekend in a Pinty's car. Take us back to Wednesday night. How was that? It uh, sure looked good for you. Yeah, for sure. We had a really good car on Wednesday. Uh, I, I kind of said right after practice that I, I felt it was even better than the car that we had on Monday. And on Monday, I, I think we had a really good car as well. And I kind of felt like we had one get away from us there. So it was good to show up Wednesday. And, uh, you know, obviously practice was really important there because you, you wanted to be in that first seat. So you had a chance at the full and kind of be able to control the the whole race. I mean, it was uh, it was pretty obvious that the outside was the place to be. Um, so being able to get the pole and, and be on the outside the whole race, I think definitely uh, definitely helped quite a bit. Thought we might have lost it there for a second when we had the the run in with the lap car in turn one there, but uh, you know, kind of was able to to get back around with the the help of another lap car. So um, overall, just a really good day for our whole team and uh, a good week, I guess. Where did you uh, where did you get a chance to watch from down at Watkins Glen? Did you did you move around a little bit? Did you uh, did you go check out a couple of the different corners? Did you uh, did you make your way to the bus stop at all, or where did you go? That's right. We kind of we toured around quite a bit. Um, we started in turn one. We went to the S's, then we went to the bus stop. And uh, yesterday we watched the end of the Xfinity race in the uh, in turn six. So. We we pretty much cover the whole track this weekend. You watch those cars come through the S's there, and that's a that's a. It looks like a damn roller coaster ride. <laughs> you know, it's pretty it's pretty cool. It's uh it, that Watkins Glen place has got a uh, fun soft spot in my heart. I love that place. Um, the uh, the fact that they sing O Canada at the beginning of a cup race too. That's a, that's a pretty cool spot. But uh, Trayton, uh, uh, you did touch on it. Uh, the the lap car incident, I guess you will, on Monday night. Uh, uh, you did feel like you 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 had one taken away from you a little bit, and I think you did too. It was uh, it, you could have went two for two at Ush Weekend. It wasn't just you know one out of two. You you could have got two for two there um, had that not taken place. Uh, what exactly happened? I know that uh, anybody who who was watching, you know, seeing you and the thirty eight get into it, uh, was it was it you coming up the track? Was it him coming down? Was it you guys kind of met in the middle? And or what what uh, what took place? 
from the replay, it kind of looks like the 38 might have got in the wall a little bit earlier in the straightaway. And then uh, I guess when he hit the wall, it kind of bounced him off of it and right into my right rear. So I thought that I had given him more than enough room. And, you know, that's kind of what it looks like um, from from my point of view. But, uh, yeah, it looks like he just kind of bounced off of it and came down the track. The, the lap cars are tough. I mean, it's not really – you no, know, it's nice if they give us the preferred lane for the outside, but they don't have to as well. So um, it, w- it was tough to get around the lap cars. We kind of we knew that, that was going to be an issue the whole time because the top was so dominant. But uh, no, just try to try to play it safe, give them more than enough room, and uh, I guess it just wasn't quite enough. Uh, not expecting to, to hit the wall. Well, I was watching on uh, GeForce. They did an amazing job once again. They always do. But looking at the track and the way the angle of the lights are and everything. Trading that track actually looked treacherous. It looked wet for all intents and purposes. What did it feel like inside the race car? And was there any difference between the track you ran on this time and the track you won on last year? It was slick, um, that's for sure. I, I've been telling people that the big difference this year was in turn one, um, there's some ruts on entering to the center, and I I think that's because there's there's moisture in turn one all time to begin with, but just with all the we've had, it caused it to kind of break up more. And I think the spring cars were a big part of that as well because the, the track, turn one, was relatively smooth through practice in the heat races. And then once we went out there for the feature race, turn one was pretty torn up. So I think that was the main difference. The surface itself was pretty similar, um, which I think, you know, it's good. We can't really have the mud out there and uh, – clogging up the the airflow to our motors and, and getting all over the windshield so it, they definitely blended the whole Oshwegan crew they did a great job given having the track how it needed to be for the Pinty's cars but uh no the big difference from this year to last year was was primarily just the ruts in turn one we're with the number 20 car in the nascar Pinty series it is trayton lapsovich he won wednesday night current point leader in the nascar Pinty series of course our national tour and he's won six races this year so far. Still got a few more to go. I'm uh, sure the winning is not complete just yet. But, Trayton, no surprise to see that your DIRT program is coming along. Here I am Monday night, Jerry Paxton and I, getting ready to go live from 5 to 6 on Monday night to get everybody up to speed before you guys go green. I look out, there's a sprint car getting ready to come into the garage where we're located. And I looked and I went, hmm. That kind of looks like Trayton Lapsovich. I walked out, and sure enough, it was you behind the wheel of the sprint car. Uh, You're getting lots of laps in dirt. You have taken now to sprint car racing. What's that like, and is it really helping your dirt program? It's been really cool. Um, Glenn and the GSR team, they they built me a new crate sprint car, which that was the first time out with it on Monday, so... It was difficult, um, you know, to, to kind of the, the lack of track time in the dirt world is something that is really hard to adapt to. And it's it's definitely hard when you're learning. So I was just I was really happy to make the feature both nights. And then Wednesday night, we made a lot of progress, finally started passing cars and kind of got into a rhythm there. Like I said, it, it's tough with the lack of track time. But once I finally kind of got my rhythm, I started to learn and pick it up well. How crazy is that, Red? I want to say there was 21 cars in the B feature on Monday night in Sprint Car. Uh, I walked walked through the pit area, and there was two full rows as far as the eye could see with Sprint Car teams. It was just crazy. It was wild. I mean, 
I think they said there was 37 rates on Monday, and I'm, I'm sure the number was probably similar for Wednesday as well. So, like I said, just kind of to be able to make the field and, and the first time out with that, I think it's uh, – I, I was definitely really happy with it. it there's, there's no slouches out there, and, uh, you know, I think, I think it's something that I'm – starting to pick up a little bit but like i said it, it's tough and you know the track changes so much that's also something that uh i'm gonna have to kind of get accustomed to and learn but uh starting starting to figure out little by little and uh glenn and, and the whole gsr team they've helped me quite a bit trying to, to find my rhythm and i'm uh, really happy about that so uh is it safe to say you're taking a shining now to the dirt racing in a sprint car and uh, can the fans of us weekend look forward to seeing you back this year a number of times? Or what's your schedule looking like to be in that sprint car? For sure. I'm not, I'm not totally sure what our schedule looks like. We haven't got anything kind of uh, cemented down. But for the most part, it seems like it's kind of any time. We're not anywhere with the Pinty's cars. So uh, I'm not sure quite sure how that looks for the future. I think iCar and CTMP are back to the back. So it'll likely be a few weeks before we're back in the great sprint car. But uh Hopefully get there one or one or two more times before the season's out. Well, good deal. And I know the fans will be happy to hear that. Anytime you roll in, uh, they're about to get a show. Now the mind's got to switch over. you got iCar coming up next. It is a street course, road course, what have you. It's a tighter track. And then, of course, CTMP. You open everything up. The speeds hit 170-plus miles an hour. That is more... I don't know, Trayton Lapsovich, if you will, and then you wrap up the season at Delaware on the half-mile oval. Uh, what's the thoughts heading into ICAR? Where, where, what's the mindset for that? ICAR is kind of an unknown, I think, right now, just because we got the new configuration this year. So um, I, I'm, I'm excited to get there and to try it out. I, I wouldn't say that um, I'm, I'm, uh, it's one of my best tracks. I kind of haven't done amazing there the last two years, but we've been there, so... Um, just trying to hope we roll out with a good car on Saturday and Saturday and then are kind of able to improve on it through practice and just getting laps, I think will be the big thing as well. Um, I know a lot of guys tested there. We, we didn't quite get the chance to, or the time to, so it's a, it's definitely a lot of unknowns right now. Junior, do you have any other questions for a NASCAR winner? Cause I know it's been a while since you spoke to a NASCAR winner. Oh, oh how do you like that for a shot? Do you got any questions for Trayton here before we let him go back to work? You no, know, I just, you know, I, I say this to your spotter every week. I just say, man, just tell him to slow down. <laughs> Take it easy today. Just, you know, the young kids just making us all look bad. He's, uh, Trayton, you've been uh, you've been absolutely lights out this year. Um, you know, it, it, you you ha- you haven't made a misstep, and when you have made a misstep, you've recovered from it, and I think that's the most important part. Um, it's uh, it's an incredible thing to watch. You know, when somebody has a great season like what you're having, um, and uh, you know, I think uh, uh, you and the entire team need to be commended. Um, you know, I know the the points deal is not over yet. Um, and uh, there's still lots of racing to go, um, but uh, the season that you have had, make sure you cherish it uh, because it's uh, it's been a heck of a season, and, and uh, uh, no matter what happens from here on out, everybody knows you've been there, and, and uh, uh, looking forward to, uh, to seeing what you guys can put together for the last three races, and, and uh, you know, hats off to you and your team because it's, uh, it's been a whirlwind, and, and uh, you've, you've opened a lot of eyes. Thanks, Joe. Uh, I appreciate that, and thanks, guys, for having me on.
Uh, one last question I've got for you, and this is just to quiet down all those keyboard heroes uh, that are out there yakking and tacking on their machine. Uh, we did see a release come out late last week. says Jeff Lapsovich got nailed with a fraction, a NASCAR infraction. Uh, can you tell us what that NASCAR infraction was that your dad got pegged for with a $1,000 fine? Uh, it, it sounds like it was kind of a senseless thing, but can you just go through that for us? Uh, I, I would say that there was there was probably some mistakes made, but uh, I'd rather not talk too much about it. We're not quite done with it yet. No, oh, there you go. There you go. That is good to hear, uh, because when I read through it and asked a bunch of questions, it sounded like it was kind of superfluous in my eyes, and I thought, wow, they got nothing better to do than try Try and nail Jeff on something that was silly, but uh, I'm glad to hear you're chasing it down. Kid, don't let none of that crap bother you. I know it won't be bothering your dad. Good luck. Get to iCar and go show him how, how it's done. Nope. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks for having me, man. You betcha. That is Trayton Lapsovich, driver of the 20. Uh, Joe, it happens, right? Uh, did you get that release? I think uh, I think I sent it to you, actually. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. It's... Uh, uh, you know, it, it, there's there's lots of stuff in in the the tech shed that happens, and and uh, yeah, it's uh, by the sounds of it, you know, um, from from the outside looking in, and and from the reading the release, um, there you're only allowed um, two coils um, of of uh, spring rubber, right, right, um, and uh, by the sounds of it, they had two and a half. <laughs> uh, from from the release or not the release from the Facebook post that I read, right. there was two and a half spring rubbers um, used, and uh, did that did that make him run second? Absolutely not. No, um, they pulled them all out, and he <laughs> spanked everybody on Wednesday. So, Probably. Um, it it uh, well, you can change a spring too if you have enough time. You can change a spring. The problem with dirt. And this is not a – like, it's common, but as an asphalt guy, we're used to having hordes of practice time, and guys can dial their stuff in. On dirt, you can't do that. Here you go. There's your five laps. Come off. Okay, we'll give you another five laps. Come off. That's it. Yeah. Uh, so you don't get ample time. So when you got an issue, you got to try and improvise uh, to try and make it work. So, uh, you know, like extra spring rubber or what have you. Uh, I know if the rules say this and you break it, you got to pay the penalty. I get it. But you got to know that that didn't win him a race or make him finish any better. You can change that spring and increase the rate and effectively do the same as you can with a spring rubber if you got time. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Doesn't sound like you're a believer, but that's okay. <laughs> uh, no, it, I, I, I am a believer. It, 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 a spring rubber is a spring rubber is a spring rubber. Yeah. I mean, we all use them. Um, you know, I, it, I, I didn't, I didn't see the spring come out of the car. I wasn't in the tech shed. I don't know what happened, so I, I can't really, I can't really speak on on anything. You know, to do with the the actual rule itself, other than you're only allowed to to uh, touch, you know, two coils. Uh, with the with the spring rubber and, mm -hmm. and there's there is plenty of reason for that. Um, you know you're not allowed to use bump rubbers um, in 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 NASCAR Pinties, right? You're right. not allowed to uh, intentionally bind any of the suspension. Okay, soft spring, big big bar. 
Is that the way it is? Soft Spring, well, Big it, Bar? That's the way you can go. Right. You can go Soft Spring, Big Bar. You can go Big Spring, or Big Big Bar, Soft Spring. Uh, you can go, you know, Small Bar, Big Spring. Um, but, you know, there Just are plenty of ways. Just can't use more than two rubbers. Yeah. And I, I don't know how many rubbers there were. Oh, okay. Okay. So, you know, and, and that's the thing. And, you know, what they're trying to do is stop them from stacking, you know, spring rubbers from top to bottom in a spring and going progressive. and Because it says no progressive springs in the rule book. Um, but that's a type of spring, not a process of spring. Correct. But if you go spring rubbers top to bottom, you actually create a, different a, rate. Pro- a, a progressive rate. Um, which is different because a rubber doesn't really change the rate of the spring. It just changes the rate of that coil. Okay. Okay. I agree. But each time you go to put a rubber in, you've got to stop. Right? You can't do it on the fly. You've got to stop the car. You've got to yeah. put the rubber in. So where does the driver yeah, go could, when you stop? It could have happened. It, it could have happened at the beginning, though, right? Like well, They could have rolled yeah. out on the racetrack with that. And, and I do believe that they never pitted. So Pre-race tech didn't catch that? Or uh, would they, it have? They, they, they wouldn't have because they don't necessarily take the wheel off oh. to look at the spring. So. Oh, I got gotcha. you. Okay. Well, I'm not saying the tech guys hey, I'm not do saying job. that this. I'm not saying that this it. is an advantage for Trayton Lapsovich at all. No. And I'm not. I am. I'm not saying that's what won him the race. I'm not saying that's what made him perform good on Monday night. Right. Not at all. And I'm not saying that. I, I'm not a hundred percent sure on how many spring rubbers were there. Number one, I, I wasn't there to look at the spring. Right. Right. I know why they're not allowed to run spring rubbers from top to bottom, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and and I know why they limited to two coils. So, you know, it, six and one half does the other. Is it an oversight? Yeah, it is. Yeah, and and you know, is it a bummer? Yeah, it is. But well, uh, you know, it, it, it is what it is. Um, and and in the rule book, it states that you're only allowed two coils, and and. If that's what it says and there was more, there's a there's a rule well, for that. Yeah, and you're kind of sunk if that's the case. If you've got three and they only allow two. Uh, but it, inter- it is interesting to hear Trayton say that we just may not be done with that yet. No, you've got to appeal it. there's an appeal, yep. and we'll hear how that process works out. Yep. More to come on Race Time Radio. We'll be back in just a moment. We've got still some more comments to cover off. And then, of course, Chase Pinson is going to join us right off the top of the hour. He wins his first pro late model feature, 75 laps at Delaware Speedway. Got the job done. He's going to join us all live tonight. We're going to hit this break. We'll be back in mere moments. Stay with us. Hi, this is Tom Gooch, announcer at Oshkosh Speedway, and you're listening to Race Time Radio. From coast to coast, coast, to coast. you're listening to Canada Talks. Race Time Radio is brought to you by RPM Race Parts. Order today. Race tomorrow. Also by VP Race Fuels, the worldwide leader in race fuel technology. And by Dawson Dental Centers. Get your victory lane smile at DawsonDental.ca. It's time to get back to the racetracks. For over 30 years, Quick Quick Fire Starters have fueled the sport on and off the track. 
making lighting your campfire as easy as one, two, three. There's no need for kindling or paper. Just pop your quick, quick fire starter in the pit, add your wood, and presto, you're a pro. Quick, quick fire starters, no harmful chemicals, and guaranteed to light your fire every time. Quick, quick fire starters, the world's best fire starter. The biggest names. Flying Day, head coach of Ohio State, the national championship winning head coach of the Baylor Bears. Scott Drew joins us. The biggest games. This is the biggest game in the history of the Final Four. The biggest moments. The last number one seed is the nation's number one team. Delivered right to you, wherever you are. I can't even wrap my head around it. Sirius XM College Sports Radio, Channel 84, and streaming on the SXM app. Included in our trials and popular plans. Even though Napa is a nationally known name, nearly all of our stores are built from the ground up by local owners and families. People you might call neighbors will be here, there, and everywhere. Doing what neighbors do to keep their communities moving forward. You stop by a Napa Auto Parts store, you can count on Napa know-how. Tonight's Race Time Radio is brought to you by Napa Auto Parts Stores, New Glasgow, Andy Ganesh, and Port Hawkesbury, Nova Scotia. You can count on Napa know-how. AP Race Fuels, the worldwide leader in race fuel technology. From the high banks of Daytona, we cover it all. Ooh, that's going to leave a mark. And now, back to the Joes. Hey, shake and bake, Woo! Shake and bake! And here on Race Time Radio. And welcome back. All of you. You, 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 you. Yeah. Uh, all of you. Welcome back to Race Time Radio. So, so glad you could tune in tonight. All live on Sirius XM Channel 167 Canada Talks. Are you a CFL fan? You're going to want to keep it tuned right here to Channel 167. We got games, and they usually precede what we do here on Race Time Radio. Uh, the CFL, you can always count on Channel 167 to have you cover it. If you're driving down the road, you don't have to miss, miss that CFL game. Um, and how about Rev TV Canada? Man, Mike and Eddie and all the guys at Rev TV are doing a bang-up job. Lots of new programming coming on the channel all the time. And for motorsports guys like Junior and I and all of you, it's music to our ears. If you have not got Rev TV Canada yet, you really need to key in on it. Um, I'll tell you what, it's going to blow your mind. They've got lots of programming and more to come as everything unfolds. So good job, Mike Garrow and Eddie and everybody at Rev TV. Even you, Beck. You're doing a good job. That's how it is. Uh, I, I, just a couple final notes I want to say about the Oswegian double date on dirt. Um, Kenny Schrader, how cool is that? Kenny Schrader ran the APC race on Saturday, week Saturday, uh, ran the APC race at Sunset Speedway, didn't do bad. Top 10 run. I talked to Schrader Monday in the pits at Oswego, and I said, so what did you think, Kenny? How'd you like that? He said, I'll tell you what, Joe, that was an awesome uh, series to run. I was in a good car at a cool track. It reminded him a lot of a track in Wisconsin. The Slinger. Slinger. And uh, he, he really did have a good time. But we're at the dirt track on Monday night. I said, so, okay, that one's in the rearview mirror. How about tonight? What do you think of that 22 APC machine you're going to jump in? 
He said, I'll tell you what, this thing is quick. Yeah. So that's what he was saying. I kind of thought we we're going to be in for a really cool Kenny Schrader. And lo and behold, we did. Stuart Friesen, another really good, accomplished, you know, NASCAR driver that we all know and love. And uh, it was nice to see him back on home soil. His wife, Jessica, was in a sprint car. She did fantastic. And Stewie comes home second in that 19 uh, GSR car. Uh, did a great job in the in the machine. And he really wanted to win. Trust me when I say. Nice to see Kenny Schrader go out and do it and get a win on this side of the border. First time in the Pindy Series. And how about the run that DJ Kennington had in that 17 Castrol Dodge? DJ did an amazing job both days. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, Stuart Friesen got second in the sprint car, not uh, in the that's right. not in the yes. Penny's car. Yeah, yes. he struggled yeah. a little bit in the Penny's car, uh, just with drive off and and just getting it, yeah. um, getting it just right. Um, but uh, um, he did get second in the sprint car, and that was cool to see. Um, he he was wheeling it, um, but uh, yeah, no, he uh, Kenny Schrader. Um, you know, I knew we were all in trouble the first laps of practice when he rolled out there. Everybody else was trying to drive those Pinty's cars like a dirt car, you know, turn right to go left and, and yeah. turn right to go fast. But, uh, uh, man, Kenny Schrader went out there and made everybody look silly. He drove it like an asphalt track and uh, never slipped a wheel. And I watched uh, uh, looking at the speed charts and. Uh, I was like, damn, he's, he's a half a second faster in the field, man. Yep. <laughs> you can't yep. be sliding these cars around. And uh, everybody tried to drive like him. It was just uh, nobody, nobody could. It was, uh, it was incredible to watch. And the only guy that was that was comparable to what Kenny was doing was was lo and behold, DJ Kennington. And uh, um, you know, obviously, Trayton was out there. He was he was pretty straight up on and, and straight up off the corner. And and uh, but he was still you know free. You could still see you know the car would get tail happy. And uh, when Kenny was out there, man, that car was just glued to the racetrack and and not glued to the racetrack in, in any way, shape or form um, other than just not spinning. Right. right? And, right. and throttle control was just so crucial. And watching Kenny Schrader put on a clinic like that, um, it was pretty cool. And and uh, uh, but like you said, DJ Kennington, third night, number one, fifth night, number two, uh, DJ had a flat tire, um, a right front go down. Man, I, I want to say it was like. 40 laps to go um, and started at the tail end of the longest line and, and drove his way right back up to the front. And, and uh, he put, he put on a clinic. He was making passes on the bottom up top and uh, he didn't use the car up to do it. And, and uh, that super clean car, uh, I believe that they're going to roll it back in the trailer, you know, uh, and, and uh, they'll, they'll dust it off the week before us weekend next year and, and, uh, and, and roll it back out onto the racetrack again, uh, just like they did this year. Yeah. <laughs> it was, yeah, yeah. Uh, it was pretty cool. It was the only car to have a tire mark on it at the beginning of the week. And, uh, it was from last year and, uh, <laughs> DJ, the, that car was good last year and, and it'll be good again for, for next year. And, and, uh, uh, yeah, it was a great, great outing. Ash weekend, uh, a plus, uh, on the, on the venue side, a plus on the racing side, um, D minus on the tire. Um, I think that uh, not us I think no, it's not Ashwin's fault. Um, NASCAR, the sanctioning body, uh, General <laughs> Tire. I think they owe it to the fans to uh, to get a better tire under them. Um, you know, I, I don't care if that that gets me in trouble saying that. Um, I think that uh, well, you'd have better racing. 
Yeah, you'd have better racing. You'd have you'd have better everything if they just Those, had a tire that was actually meant for dirt. Those and, and grabbers didn't grab anything. No, they not couldn't. attention, not dirt, nothing. No, it was it was pretty bad. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, if, if they want to put on a dirt show, then then let's let's have at it. Let's have some dirt racing, and and you need a tire to be able to do that, and and that tire is not the one. And no. uh, um, so um, you know, other than that. Uh, everything else gets a uh, gets a big check mark and and uh, move on and uh, let's go let's go see what iCar can do and and uh, have at it. Kyle Steckley was the crew chief on the twenty two for Kenny Schrader on Monday night. Now come Tuesday night, if the race would have rent went the way it was supposed to, it was supposed to be Monday night, Tuesday night, but rain got in the way and forced the race into Wednesday. When that happened. Kenny Schrader had to check out. He had another commitment to do on Wednesday down south. So uh, the 22 car was open, and Kyle Steckley, that had just been working with Kenny Schrader all the way through Monday, ended up getting into the 22 car. And you would have thought Kyle Steckley was a crafty veteran out there. He ran really, really good and did come home second in that race. Yeah, he did. He he uh he did a wonderful job man uh Kyle Steckley is a is a talented race car driver he's uh uh he's got it going on right now <laughs> you know when you well, look at the youth the youth movement that Ontario has right now in in late model racing um Steckley is right at the top of that uh, at the top of that mound and and uh he's doing crazy things on the racetrack and you know he he jumped into that 22 car he learned a lot from Steckley obviously or from from Schrader obviously mm-hmm. Um, you know, he, he definitely, you know, uh, got a chance to, uh, to oversee everything last year with Stuart Friesen driving for them as well. Right. And, uh, he's a sponge. He the is a sponge. Is a sponge. Yeah. And, and he's, he's a, you know, he's a very smart race car guy. He's, uh, he's not just a driver. He doesn't just, you no. know, bring his helmet with him and jump in. He works on those cars, you know, Monday to Friday and, yep. and, uh, he, he understands his stuff and, and, uh, hats off to him because he. He he went out there and did a, a whale of a job in that twenty two car and uh, Friday night as well. You know he uh, loads his late model up, goes to Delaware Speedway, and uh, he definitely had the car to beat. Uh, him and him and uh, uh, Jesse Kennedy got into it on the front straightaway. And, Kennedy got into and, him, and uh, yeah, and and uh, the twenty two car went around. Uh, an incredible piece of driving by the 22 i know he got the wall a little bit and he got uh bumped into by uh by one of the other cars um but bumped into not driven through Mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. it could have been um he drove that thing all the way through to the end of that wreck and uh um very minimal damage went back into the pit area they uh they you know made sure that the body was going to stay on the thing and, Mm -hmm. and he went back out there and drove it right back up to the front again and and if it was a hundred lapper, I think Steckley would have been in the the winner circle, and we would have had him on the program instead of Chase. Would have been a different um, twenty two. Uh, um, yeah, hats off to to Kyle, and and you know just his interview after, he, like you said, Kennedy Kennedy got into him, and uh, uh, he interviewed like a crafty veteran. Mm-hmm. He said, you know, if, if it was his fault, it was his fault. If it wasn't, it wasn't. It and, wasn't. Uh, we're going to move on, and uh, you know, it was. Uh, um, it was it, it was cool to see Kyle Steckley. Uh, we've been reporting on everything for years, not to mention this year. But I've been keeping my eye on every tour that I can, and I can tell you right now, the bar none hottest shoe in all of Canadian racing 
is Kyle Steckley. That number 22 has done a lot of winning, a lot of top five finishes, a lot of top three finishes, and I've yet to hear him get out of that car and disrespect anybody. He has been the epitome of what you want in a race car driver. Kyle Steckley is that guy right now. And I can only see him improving. I don't know how, but he's going to improve on what he's already done and uh, watch for the results to keep coming. I texted him and I said, Kyle, when you start winning and doing what you're doing behind the wheel, you're going to find guys that used to be real good friends aren't so good of friends anymore. Uh, just for the sheer fact that you are so good at what you do. Um, a, a lot of people can't stand it when you're good. And I said, you got to put up with that part of it uh, because you're going to keep going long after the other guys are going to be done in this sport. So keep doing what you're doing. You're doing an amazing job. And uh, if I have a vote in this year, uh, I can bet by the time we roll around to October and everything gets put away, I'd like to uh, put forth a contest and see who is the hottest shoe. I can tell you right now, Kyle Steckley, driver of the 22 APC machine, has got my vote right now for the year. And I don't care what he does from here to the end because the kid has done all of it so far and he continues to. Yeah, yeah, I, I think so too. And I mean, and that's a tall order because uh, Trayton Lapsovich is doing it too. Like yeah, he's doing yeah. a really good job. Yeah, Trayton and and uh, you know Jared Butcher and I mean there, there there is definitely a list and and but Kyle definitely needs to be at the top. Yeah, I agree. He sure does. We got three big guests coming up in hour number two. We are going to have to throw it back to Toronto. Get you up to date on some news and highlights from this first hour, but it only takes ninety seconds, and they'll have you up to date on other stuff. And then we come back for hour number two. And right off the top, driver the 22, Chase Pensano, wins his first pro-late model race at Delaware Speedway on that big, beautiful half mile on Friday night. Chase Pensano got the job done, and he did it uh, in convincing style. So Chase is going to join us on the show. We're going to catch up with Doug- Douglas Fisher. He's still out on Canada's East Coast, been out there like a month. He's doing what's called the bucket list tour, and uh, he's getting up there in age. He's not too old, but he's getting up there, and he wanted to do this before he retires out. Uh, Douglas Fisher lighting the lamp with his hot rod car. He did Heart of a Champion at Riverside on Saturday night, so he got a chance to experience that big, beautiful golden track. Uh, but we're going to catch up with Douglas Fisher. He's got one more out there before he comes back, and when he does, he's going to be an Oscar uh, when he comes back the hot rod division, as he was before he left. Uh, so we got Douglas coming up, and we got the number 83 super late model from out on Canada's East Coast. We got Corey Hall wins his second big super late model series race. He did it at 660 on the weekend, and he is going to come and join the show tonight. We got all that, plus we'll feature and preview for you some of the big races that are coming up next weekend and beyond. Junior and I will take you through all of that, all of it coming up in this next hour. So don't go anywhere. It's going to take 90 seconds, and then we're back with you all live tonight on Race Time Radio. Stay right there. Don't you move. You're listening to Canada Talks on Sirius XM Channel 167. Tonight's Race Time Radio is brought to you by Leaf Racewear. Fuel your passion and confidence. 
at leafracewear.com. We're an essential part of any team. And by Canadian Tire Motorsport Park, Canada's biggest sports car racing weekends of the year. For tickets and details, get to CanadianTireMotorsportPark.com. When you think NASCAR, when you think NASCAR, think Sirius XM NASCAR Radio. This may be the most important thing that's ever happened. You're damn right, baby. The races. The Daytona 500 win. I love that we have playoff racing now. The talk shows. We'd love for you guys to participate as well. The unprecedented access. Well, I'm here at the red carpet with the fans. Sirius XM NASCAR Radio, Channel 90. Chastain did a video game move. Also streaming on the SXM app. I think they're happy down here. We're back with our number two of Race Time Radio. With the two Joes here on Race Time Radio on Sirius XM 167. We're getting up talks. And welcome back. See, that didn't hurt a bit. And now you're up to date. If you're listening on Sirius XM Channel 167, you got your news update. So you got everything all wrapped into one. And we've got a super hour number two coming at you all live tonight, right here on Race Time Radio. I'm Joe Chisholm, along with Joe Chisholm Jr., right here in the Race Time Radio studio. Jr., where do you head off to next? Is next weekend iCar, is it next weekend? Yep. And the APC series I'm not going is I-Car, also though. back to the beach. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to Sawell. You're gonna be at Sawell. Yep. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick around here, local, mm-hmm. and uh, give uh, Josh Stoddy a hand. Uh, uh, he's uh, tight in the points, and and uh, um, I believe he's 14 back in P3. Wow. Um, or P4, P4. Um, and uh, so we're gonna make a run at it. Uh, only two two shows left there in the points for APC. So. Um, you see what we can do, and and uh, uh, then I'll be back with Ranger at uh, at CTMP um, uh, with the uh, the twenty seven Pie team, mm-hmm. um, and uh, the same weekend I believe that we have the Hanley one forty four. Um, it, it's uh, they extended the laps. Oh, it's the not Hanley the Hanley 72 anymore? It's not going to be the Hanley 72. It's going to be the 144 now. 144 at Sunset Speedway. At Sunset, yeah. That is Velocity Weekend. Correct. Ooh. That's why they went to a longer race. Isn't that so, cool? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yep. Um, so, yeah. And then uh, then after that, we've got uh, uh, Delaware. We've got, uh, you know, got the APC Super Stock Show. we got uh, APC and, and uh, as well the NASCAR Pinty's finale. Uh, man, there's tons of racing <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for the yeah, next yeah. Uh, for the next month and a half here. She's gonna be uh, she's gonna be go time. I did see a release, um, and I want to say it was Ashley McHuman put it out for Flamborough Speedway. I guess there was going to be another Gold Rush coming up in September. Going to be on September the third, but through the lack of competition or the lack of competitors signing up for it. They canceled it. That was for the four bangers. Oh, is that what yeah, it was? They, remember that fifty thousand dollar to win race? Yes, that they did? yes, yes. Uh, yeah, they they had that, uh, uh, and they also so some breaking news uh, over there at that Flamborough camp. Um, uh, they John pulled the plug on Superstocks. Did he? Um, yeah, said Superstocks are going to be off the schedule um, from here to the end of the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, Roy Wilkie is leading the points. Um, uh, they, there was supposed to be an engine giveaway. There was supposed to be a bunch of stuff. Um, uh, you know, 
for the champion. Yeah, uh, yeah, but yeah. They only had like a handful of cars, two or three cars show up. Right. Um, so uh, they said, no, you know, we're done with super stocks. Um, Roy Wilkie went to work and mm-hmm. uh, um, assembled a bunch of cars uh, so that they could close out the season. Right. Um, so hats off to Roy Wilkie and those guys. Uh, for basically, quote-unquote, saving the super stocks at, at Flamborough Speedway. Uh, they got commitment from, like, 10 drivers. Good. Um, uh, Going to close out the season for the final four events or three events Good. at Flamborough. Um, so super stocks will uh, will remain on the card. And uh, I know Chenoweth won at Delaware. He announced in his thing that it was going to be his final draw at Sunset. Yes, he did. Uh, because he's going to go and support the, the super stocks at, uh, at Flamborough at, in, his, in his backyard. And um, by the sounds of it, there's a handful of other guys, too. So, um, yeah, so looking forward to uh, seeing how that card all plays out. Um, but, uh, you know, it's difficult, you know, and, and crazy that a, that a competitor has to go beat the drum and, and uh, you know, get people to come out to the racetrack to play. But uh, hats off to Roy Wilkie for doing that and, and taking the initiative upon himself to do that. Um, and, and hats off for John for allowing it yeah, as well. There's only so much that a racetrack can do, right? You put your best foot forward, you give dates, you put prize money up. Nobody ever says, oh, you put up too much prize money. But you know what? There has been uh, a lot of money invested from the racetrack perspective in putting a class on. And then when the cars don't show up, it's a tough deal. And especially when you get, well, I had other things to do. Uh, I'll be there next week, and then they don't show up. And uh, it, it just goes on and on. It's good to hear there is some sort of situation or solution to the problem. And let's look forward as opposed to backward on that. Uh, l- let's see. Let's pack it. Let's pack the, tr- the tracks. It don't matter where it is. But let's get back to the Zoom line, shall we? And welcome in a guy that went to Victory Lane just Friday night at Delaware Speedway. He's been participating there all year, sometimes in a super stock, sometimes in a pro light model. Uh, he drives the number 22, does an amazing job behind the wheel, and he finally got to Victory Lane on Friday night. His name is Chase Pensano, and he joins us right now on the hotline. What's going on there, Chase? How you doing? I'm doing great. How about you? Fantastic, man. Congratulations. I've been watching you all season long, man. Whether it was at Flamborough Speedway, whether it was at any track you show up to, whenever I see the name Chase Pensano, I know you're going to be putting forth a wicked effort, and you're going to come away within that top five somewhere in there. Uh, and I'm watching Friday night, Jake Sheridan, the 52 car. He had a good lead, but, hey, that 22 car was coming, man. You were there. Uh, I know stuff happened to the 52, but, man, the 22 car, uh, you had to be able to maintain and stay where you were, and you did it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, all night, I knew we had a long run car, 75 laps. I kind of was setting up for that long run, hoping for that late caution, and everything kind of just fell into place. All the little incidents there were unfortunate, for sure, um, but that is kind of what we were betting on. Such a long race, you would expect to see cautions and stuff. So all in all, it worked out. In the end, we were able to get to victory lane. Chase, how did you get into this sport? All of a sudden, you appear. Uh, when I'm watching, I'm going, Chase Pensano. I know the name Pensano, but I've never heard of Chase. And then I seen you on camera, and I went, oh, Chase, a young kid. Where did you get your start? 
Uh, well, I got my start in Grand Bend, but the story actually goes back a lot further than that. So my family has been in it three generations. So it started with my grandfather. Um, he started at Checkered Flag, a lot closer to my house, um, but worked his, himself into ASA, had an ASA team himself, um, also ran with Johnny Sauter, Tim Sauter. Um, so that's kind of how he started. Um, then, eventually, I was born. So we started at Grand Bend Micro Sprints. I ran for seven years, uh, got out of that. And briefly after that, we were looking at other options and then COVID hit, kind of shut everything down. Um, so we took a year off. Once APC and stuff started running up again, we started doing a little bit more work with that. Uh, I crewed a little bit for Matt Pritigo, kind of learning my way around racing, then bought the Superstock last year. So we bought that car. Learned tons in that car racing at Delaware and Flamborough, tons and tons in that car. It's a perfect car to learn in. And then just this year, we got the Pro Late model, and it's starting to come to us now. It's been working out really good, and every week we get better. Well, I'd agree with you there. Uh, you're doing an amazing job behind the wheel. Uh, each time I watch you in a race, you can see how you're progressing and how it's starting to really cement itself in you. Uh, from what I can see, Chase, you haven't got any bad traits or bad, you know, bad, uh, doing something that you shouldn't be doing. I haven't seen you doing any of that. Uh, I, I remember your comments after the, uh, after the big gold rush at Flamborough Speedway that you were on the podium. You ended up finishing third in that one. Uh, you, you come away with a pole, and I kind of thought, oh, man, this is going to be Chase's day. And I remember your comments clearly after that race. You said, ah. I ran a little bit too hard at the beginning. I didn't have enough at the end, which was true. You could see it. Um, but, man, it, it's got to be fun to be you and learning what you're learning. Uh, you go from 35 lap races to now Friday night, a 75 lapper at Delaware. Do you like the longer races? Do they fit you better? A hundred percent. I'd say if I can keep myself from chasing it at the start of the race and just relax, kind of just run my own race, the longer races definitely suit us better. I've found a lot of consistency as a driver. I'm still, I got some things I'd like to work on, still a little rough around the edges, but every week it is getting much better. Um, but yes, long races, definitely. I love them. More time to kind of take it all in, see what I need to do, kind of think about stuff before I just do it. Chase, obviously, you know, every race car driver is a race fan of some kind, right? Whether they be, whether they, they, they watch racing on TV, you know, they, they, they like to go to races or like to watch. Um, and, and usually, you know, as a race fan, you watch the race that happens. But it seems like racers have role models, right? They have role models that are out on the racetrack, and they kind of emulate them or, or learn from them, maybe listen to them on the radio or, or listen to them, you know, on the scanner or talk to them after the race and, and pick up on how they give feedback. Um, who is your role model, if you will? I've, I've, I've had the honor. I've, I've got the spot for you a couple times, and I've heard how you give feedback and, and how you break down a corner and, and all of those things. And, you know, you don't just – pick those up on your own you, nah. you need to learn that and and that is a big thing that that every racer needs to learn but where did you learn your i guess racing acumen or or who is your hero on the racetrack or or who do you emulate your career off of um i know that it's a lot of questions but kind of all pointing in the same direction who do you kind of who do you who, who do you look up to as a racer well, I'd say for a really long time, um, I kind of was following Ray Morneau. Um, 
we have some family relation to him. So I'd say I was definitely looking up to him for a really long time. Um, especially starting the late model, he would be like my biggest comparison. Like if I was looking to try to be someone in a pro late model at Delaware, he would be a person to chase. Uh, last year, found myself really adapting at Flamborough Speedway with Lane Zardo. I learned a ton following him in terms of race craft and line and learning pass at Flamborough. Um, tons of fun. He's one of the cleanest drivers you ever meet. He will not give you any room, but he's an awesome driver to race against. Same thing with Ray. Um, so those two guys for sure. Uh, when it comes to breaking down a corner, I found a pretty big knack through COVID with iRacing. Uh, messing around with that kind of taught me a little bit more about what I was looking for in car setup. Didn't teach me a lot about making cars go fast in real life, but it did give me the more uh, breaking down aspect of it. And then also just, you know, listening at the shop. At McCall's, there's a ton of guys in and out of there. Uh, Joe Lawrence, uh, Danny Benedict, Shea Gemmel. There's a lot of guys I can pick and choose and learn from. Well, you're doing a great job. I can tell you, you're surrounded by good people. You're picking out the stuff you need to be successful. I learned Friday night on the broadcast that you have sold your super stock now. You've just got the pro light model. That was a good super stock. You rolled it down the road, and was it Hudson Nagy that ended up with it? Yeah, it was. Um, the opportunity kind of all popped up. We knew that this would be our last year in the car anyways. Um, and throughout the start of our year, we just weren't having the best runs, the runs we were hoping for. Um, going back and forth between cars was kind of just throwing me off a little. So we figured if I could stop with that, settle down on one car and really focus, we'd start seeing something more like this, something like a win. And I'm very happy we made that decision because in the end, it leads us to stuff like this, a win. Yeah, it did. It did. And that's the cool part about it. You can focus now on the pro late model. What's next for you? You're running the APC deal. Uh, how many races have you got left? Have you got many on your schedule? Uh, well, the rest of the APC series, um, for sure. We're going to follow that throughout the rest of the year. And then all the stuff left on the Delaware schedule. Um, think... Grisdale Triple Crown at Flamborough at the end of the year, the Frostoberfest weekend. believe that's on our schedule as well. Um, past that, we're not really sure. And stuff going in next year, we're not really quite sure either. Like, we're thinking and talking, but um, nothing has been really confirmed yet. We're kind of just throwing out ideas right now. Gotcha. Okay, pull out your crystal ball. Where are you going to be in five years? Where do you aspire to be? Uh, are you going to be happy running a pro late model here in Canada? Or are you looking and going, hey, when I get my dream, I can see myself holding a cup trophy? What's it? What, what's your dream? Well, for me, I'd say the series isn't the part that I would idolize as a dream. I'd say if I could do it for a living, that would be great. Um, if I could sit down and drive race cars and do that to make myself a life out of, I'd love to do that. Um, right now, I love template super late models, probably one of my favorite cars ever. So running some races like that uh, across the border would probably be my dream world. Um, past that, you kind of just got to see where it goes, right? Right place, right time. And I got to see if I'm good enough for that it's new level of competition. But I'd for sure would, I'd say a cup ride would be nice. Uh, anything in the NASCAR series that would pay me to race would be a super cool thing to have. Well, you're well on your way, kiddo. Uh, you want to talk about success. Year number one, I'm going to say, is uh, ranking right up there. You've hit one of the goals, and I know that was to win a race. 
you want a dandy at one of the toughest racetracks in all of Canada to go out there and beat the guys you did on Friday night. Hey, good on you for doing it. Support on your number 22. Who have you got for sponsorship on there? Because I know they mean a ton. Oh, 100%. We got tons of sponsors. Uh, first of all, FCF Custom Fab, Fred and Deb over at FCF are great people. They're always at the racetrack, and they do tons to support our race team. Uh, Windsor Life Magazine on the Hood also does lots for the race team, especially when it comes to the media aspect, getting our name out there. And then all the other sponsors as well. Uh, Apex Auto Group, Rosati Group, Integrity Tool and Mold, KMJ Industrial Contracting, Tilbury Auto Mall, Industrial Tools and Supplies, Lakefront Marine, Wilds Printing, and McCall's with all the help that they give us. Um, on top of that, I'd just like to make a few shout-outs here. Uh, Jeremy, um, great, great crew chief. He gave us the fast car that he could. On the weekend there, um, Shay Gamble, he spotted for us that weekend, uh, kind of spurt of the moment thing, met him in pits and didn't have a spotter. So thank you to him. He did a great job. And um, Mike McCall and everyone over at McCall Racing Enterprises, they do tons for a race team, and I can't thank them enough for all the support. Just so you know, at the beach, they do give away a boogie board. It's kind of cool trophy. Just so you know, I'm just saying. I That would definitely be something really cool to have. Um, after the 150 there at Sauble, we definitely learned a lot. Um, between that and testing, I think we're going to have a good piece and a good shot at winning. Uh, final final question or note, uh, uh, who was more excited in victory lane? Was it Jeremy or was it your dad? Who was the bigger bear hug at the end? Uh, believe it or not, neither of them. My grandpa <laughs> was the biggest hug. Um, I'm 100% sure he's the one that enjoyed that victory lane the most and i'm happy uh fred at fcf um he called me he was crying over the phone um i'd say between jeremy and my dad it was pretty equal uh smiles all around i i can't even express uh, how happy i am for those guys they've been deserving it um we've just the lock a combination of luck and i've just made stupid little mistakes um i'm so happy i could finally reward them because they do an excellent job but i'd say Probably my grandpa was definitely the most happy. Well, cool. just so you know, you had an old fart sitting on a coach and Own Sound Ontario cheering you on as well. I wanted to see 22 win. I got 22 in victory lane. You, Kyle Steckley, I'll tell you what, uh, we're in good hands. we got a lot of good racing still to come with all the competitors. And you're going to have to needle Ray now and just say, hey, Ray, thanks for the tips. This is fun. I like victory lane. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, lots of lots of talent in the APC series. I'm super excited to get back to Solo. You betcha. Well, we can't thank you enough for your time tonight on Race Time. This is only the first time. I know, Chase Benson, you're going to be back on lots, buddy. Thank you very much for having me, guys. I really appreciate it. You bet. Chase Benson, watch for him. He's going to be at the beach this coming weekend in the APC series. Uh, he is just finding his way, Junior, and that's kind of cool. Yeah, definitely. No, he's uh, he's a very talented young kid, and and uh, you know, it's uh, I think I've spotted for him three times, just in in you know when when he needed a fill in guy, and um, every time that I've spotted for him, he's he goes out there and practice, and and man, he 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 comes in and he he breaks down the corner. And and you know he, he doesn't he doesn't tell them what to do to adjust the car. He, right. he breaks down the corner and tells and them what the car is doing exactly. And Jeremy just goes to work and and his dad and his whole crew his whole crew is is dedicated 
and uh, they go to work, and and the next time he's out there, he's you know a tenth and a half or two tenths faster, and and uh, comes qualifying and top of the board. <laughs> it's it's like that every single time, and um, it's incredible. He's he's uh, he's a really talented young wheel man. I, I can't say enough about him, and uh, uh, looking forward to uh, to seeing what all comes of Chase Pintano's career. And and uh, you know he's definitely one to watch over the next three to three to five. Uh, up here in, in Ontario, and and uh, uh, I wouldn't doubt that you see him, you know, move on and and do some pretty big things because he's, uh, he, you know, he's a true racer. He's mm-hmm. he's he's got the acumen, he's got the the talk, he's got the walk, and and he's got the DNA, and, and he's got the DNA, and he's yeah. definitely got the 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 car control. You know, I've seen him uh, on burnt up tires and and blistered tires, and and you know, still be able to control the car and and make time and uh, do all those things that a veteran needs to be able to do, and and. Uh, that's what he can do. So, yeah, hats off to Chase and his whole crew for for finally getting that monkey off the back. Um, yeah, they definitely wanted to win earlier in the year, but uh, uh, they they finally got that W. And and uh, you watch, it's just like that Jared Butcher right at the beginning. Mm. Um, they they clicked that one off. I wouldn't doubt that you see him uh, snap off a few more here. Oh yeah, they come like grapes. They come in bunches. He definitely earned it uh, Friday night at Delaware. You can watch. Delaware Speedway, pretty well every Friday night. You can do that on Rogers TV. They also stream live on YouTube. But get to the track. You want to experience it at the Speedway. We're going to hit a quick break when we come back. we got Douglas Fisher. We'll talk about his bucket list tour that he's been doing across Canada. It's a great story. You don't want to miss it. Stay with us. This is Mike McCall from McCall Race Enterprises, and you're listening to Race Time Radio. From coast to coast, 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 to coast you're listening to Canada, to Canada Talks. Tonight's Race Time Radio is brought to you by Leaf Racewear. Fuel your passion and confidence at leafracewear.com. We're an essential part of any team. And by Canadian Tire Motorsport Park. Canada's biggest sports car racing weekends of the year. For tickets and details, get to CanadianTireMotorsportPark.com. Hey everyone, this is former NFL linebacker and current SiriusXM NFL radio host Kirk Morrison, and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, Total Coverage. Each week, I'll be joined by some of the greatest minds in the game as we explore the hows and the whys behind the week's biggest results. Whether we're breaking down player techniques, game plans, or coaching philosophies, we'll explain the details that define our favorite performances. New episodes will be available every Tuesday on the SiriusXM app, Pandora, and Apple Podcasts. Hey everyone, this is World Series champions Lance McCullers Jr. and Carlos Correa. We're excited to announce that our podcast, The Walkout, is now available on SiriusXM. Each episode, we go inside the world of combat sports, providing hardcore analysis, honest opinions, and top picks for every fight. If you share the same passion for combat sports as we do, you need to listen to The Walkout. Episodes are available on the SiriusXM app, Pandora, and wherever you get your podcasts. Rev TV, your motorsports and automotive destination. Watch live races from around the world and right here at home from two wheels to four and so much more. Rev TV is your source for motorsports. Rev TV features exclusive race series, up-to-date news coverage, documentaries, how-to programs, and adrenaline-filled lifestyle programs 24-7. Go green with Rev TV. Contact your TV provider to order. Tonight's Race Time Radio is fueled by... AP Race Fuels, 
the worldwide leader in race fuel technology. It's time to get back to the racetracks. For over 30 years, Quick Quick Fire Starters have fueled the sport on and off the track, making lighting your campfire as easy as one, two, three. There's no need for kindling or paper. Just pop your Quick Quick Fire Starter in the pit, add your wood, and presto, you're a pro. Quick Quick Fire Starters, no harmful chemicals, and guaranteed to light your fire every time. Quick Quick Fire Starters, the world's best fire starter. And now is a public service. Race Time Radio presents Driving Tips. Tip number 12. Never question your crew chief's methods in his quest for total race perfection. Hit the pace car! What for? Because you hit every other damn thing out there, I want you to be perfect! And that was tonight's driving tip from Race Time Radio. Now, back to more Smoke and Joe. And welcome back, one and all, to Race Time Radio, all live from the Race Time Radio studio on Sirius XM, Channel 167, Canada Talks. And hello to absolutely everyone at Rev TV Canada, right across this big, beautiful country. We're going to go back to the Zoom line, and i got to remind you that like uh, two, maybe three months ago, we had a guest on. He's from just outside of Owen Sound. Uh, I've known this driver for a long time. He started out at Sobel Speedway at a street stock. Uh, back then, Douglas Fisher was always a promoter. I'm telling you, this guy, first, is a promoter, second, a race car driver, and he absolutely does all of it. He used to have the sun, the Toronto sun, on the hood of this car. It was famous back in the day. He had the sunshine girls come up. He had everything. We loved him at the beach back when I had the Speedway and Doug was there. Well, I'll tell you what. Over the years, Doug Fisher has continued to not only be a great race car driver, he's continued to be a promoter of the sport. We love him for it. He came out in the spring and he said, I'm going to do a bucket list tour. He took his car. He's got a, a Nova. He fixed it all up. They worked countless hours in the shop. He loaded it up at the beginning, end of June, beginning of July, and it was wagons eastbound. And they were going to hit every track they could. They were going to roll in as long as that style of car was running on the track. Douglas Fisher wanted to race, and he has accomplished absolutely every one of his goals, and he's not done yet. He still has one more race to do at Speedway 660 in New Brunswick coming up on the weekend. He just finished off a debut at Riverside International Speedway. And lucky for us, we have the Bucket List Tour guy all live tonight on the Zoom line. Welcome in Douglas Fisher, driver, the number three, 1968 Nova, 1969 Nova. He'll tell us. Doug, how are you, buddy? Wow, that's quite the introduction. I don't know where to start. Yep, she's a 71, but from 68 to 72, I think they all look pretty much the same. Uh, she's a, a Nova SS body, but she's an old Pinty Series chassis sits underneath it. And uh, we spent three years upgrading and, and putting it back to new to take it out to the East Coast on this run. And, man, it's been one heck of a ride. It's uh, It started at Patty Speedway. Um, we didn't start off the best. We had a little incidental contact there with Donnie. Uh, Donnie Young drives the 55. What a beautiful 55 Chevy. And he got the worst of that deal. Uh, but we did have some support 
from some of our uh, fellow racers in the Oscar Hot Rod series. I got a shout out to Cleveland Ellis and Tracy Ellis coming out and, and giving us a hand and getting us through our first round, our, our, our debut, I guess, with the series, which could have went a lot better. But the track was amazing. Uh, the people were uh, a big crowd. That um, There were some amazing cars there. They had the Legends as well. And, I mean, it was uh, with Gary Elliott was at our first race as well, and he's kind of our mentor, and he's helped us along on this tour. In fact, if it wasn't for Gary, I don't know how where we'd be now. Yeah, uh, yeah. Tires. Yeah. You name it. We did a barbecue for his 50th as well, too, on this tour. It's been <laughs> nonstop. Uh, I mean, we don't, we don't have a weekend that we're not doing something or with somebody somewhere. I wouldn't doubt it, Douglas. That's you, though. That's the kind of person you are, and I know that was your goal, was to get to these racetracks the East Coast is different than Ontario. That's the best way I can put it. We've done a lot of live races out on Canada's East Coast. And uh, I can tell you the people are amazing. The race fans are, are, are totally engaged in the sport. And so are the competitors. You know, they're tough-going dudes. When they put those helmets on, sometimes the straps are a little bit tight, just like they are at every racetrack. But I'll tell you, when they take the helmets off, it is, uh, it is a true family, a true community on Canada's East Coast. And uh, you would have experienced that firsthand, Douglas. Well, for me, I think the – I wasn't aware of the – or it wasn't made aware to me of all the fundraising efforts done by the uh, Heart of a Champion series. And they don't just speak about a Heart of a Champion, but they have the Heart of a Champion. They, uh, they give to the IWK Foundation – and they've been doing it since their inception back in 2020. But they've raised over $20,000 um, in a small length of time. And they got high expectations with their partners of doing much better. And they're more of a giving group than anything else. Now, our experience with the IWK Foundation was really set off there at uh, Scotia Speed World. We had uh, Cannon Beasley as our honorary flagman. And he's a survivor of cancer. This is a true champion. Um, I was honored yeah. to meet him and his family. Yeah, pretty, pretty amazing. I watched that one on Tim's TV. Timmy does a great job out there. I watched that heart of a champion. I watched you get a heat race win. I was so pumped for the three car. And then in the feature, I thought, wow, Doug's going to be good. Uh, you got out there and unfortunately cut a tire down, and it wasn't your day. But, man, what a race. What a scenario. And it just looked, I, I, I said to my wife, Sue, I said, you know what? Douglas Fisher is having the time of his life. I don't care if he finishes dead last. He's experiencing everything that the Maritimes uh, motorsports community has. And I know they'd welcome you with open arms. Well, and they have. I mean, the people here have been amazing. I, uh, I got to say, I'm following in the footsteps of legends. There's over 50 years of the real legends of the sport. Don Hahn, Biederman. I mean, Ross, so many before me who have really set the stones for me to follow along on. And these people really, I'm sure, welcome these old cars like everybody else does. It brings them back to those days. And the heritage that the Maritime has for their racing is incredible. Oh, yeah. They actually have they actually have a Hall of Fame in New Brunswick. And it is the Maritime Motorsports Hall of Fame an actual building that you can go in and actually witness part of our sport 
Um, I was blown away when they had that in Douglas. They do inductees every year religiously. And I'll tell you, they got a bunch of proud members. Uh, that, to yeah. me, is uh, that, that's different than anywhere across Canada. I was giving out hero cards there, and I was honored just to be in that shrine of racing the Maritimes has created. I, I, I'm saying it's more than I even expected. It's a family here. And it's proven, but I got to tell you a story. Jared Butcher loaned me spacers because we put on tires that we got from Gary Elliott to go racing there, and they're oversized on our car. And the banking's extreme. We had to move them out. So without Jared, and I guess shout out there, Jared, awesome, bud. I really appreciate it. And then to see him win uh, from inside pit row, that's pretty amazing. And another great to add to the bucket list. So you've experienced uh, Petty International Raceway. That's in New Brunswick. Then you get off to Scotia Speed World. I know you raced there, watched you do it. You did hit PEI. You got right out to the island and experienced Oyster Bed Speedway. Robbie McLean's track. What was that one like? That was awesome. We had, I think that's where we, it turned around for us. When we got to Oyster Bed, uh, the car really, we, we learned a little bit about the series, about their cars. So we went on a diet. We removed our 68 chip and chipped it up a little higher. Got a little more gear into it. And we had a blast. We did really well there. And that gave us the confidence, I think, to go on to Scotia Speed World and have the day that we did. So you experienced those tracks. Speedway 660. Have you been there yet? Uh, Brent Roy's place. Have you been to that track yet? Or is next weekend going to be your maiden voyage there? There's a really good story about that, too. Our bucket list tour really is going to end at Riverside. But after your show, uh, Brent reached out to us, Brent Roy, and he asked to be friends, and why aren't you coming to my track? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so looks like, yeah, we're going to hang around the next couple of weeks just to go out there and give that a whirl. And it's a flatter track, so it's going to actually work in our favor. The big banks of Riverside, those big dogs there, they just kind of, run away on us is all we could do to keep up but we got a little bit something for them here on the short track with uh especially not quite as much banking on it oh so you're we're really looking forward it's kind of like sobble speedway kind of sort yeah of yeah yeah a little less banking but i'll tell you what douglas you will have a blast at that speedway uh look up lonnie somerville uh go over and find lonnie and larry somerville tell them i sent you uh, you need some tips on how to go fast around 660. I'll tell you, you couldn't ask better guys. They are a wealth of knowledge. La- La- Lonnie Somerville has a race shop out there. He builds a lot of the cars that run around that track. And, you know, one thing that we got to put to bed right now is the myth that the heart of a champion series are just out there putting on a show. They're not really racing. I bet you you'd uh, hazard to say, it ain't no just little show. They're out there, and they're really hardcore racing. Well, I was involved in a red flag incident. Um, I got some wounds on my body armor, and that's um, that's racing there. There's a lot of tire raspberry. There's a lot of contact. There's a lot of door handle to door handle racing. And it's I want to say it's more strategic racing. If the slower guys like myself can get out front, and those back guys can't get around us on those short tracks without using up their stuff. It's a whole new ball game when you get to the front of the pack. We actually worked our way up to seventh or fifth from seventh before we cut a tire down. And 
There was a little contact in that race too, which could have ended rather badly, and it didn't. Thank God. To, these are good drivers. I mean, these are skilled professionals that have been doing this a long time. There's more history in this field than I'm going to say half the series is out there. Yeah. These are the the veterans, yeah, the champions. Yeah, they are. Yeah, some that ever raced. Do you think the bucket list tour will come up? And do you think Douglas, you'd ever look at heading west and maybe trying to get out as far as BC? I know that's a real trip, but there is Penticton Speedway out there and Gold Pen and uh, you know Saratoga. There's so many good tracks out that way that would love to see a guy like you roll in the gate too. Um, I, and for anybody that races in this country, what Douglas is doing is laying out a roadmap. If you want to have a good time and you love the sport you're doing, this is the kind of thing that you got to really put together. They don't have a hot rod class out there, though. They're going to. Yeah. They're going to. Yeah. Uh, any of the talks that I've had, yeah. uh, they're looking at putting a hot rod class at Penticton yeah. Speedway. Well, that's cool. Yeah, it really would. I think it would be a huge success. Douglas froze up for a second. We'll see if that that uh, if he unfreezes. Well, one of the things that I love about the the ability to do this is is the the you know the ease of access on the rulebook side. You mm-hmm. know, like you can do that with the Legends car, right? You can do that with a Legends car right now. Yeah, you can build a Legends car here in Ontario, and you can take it out east. Um, it's the same with the hot rod. Same with the pro light model, you yeah. know. Yeah. Um, I love that, and and I I think that uh, you know when you look at the guys like Rick Walt and and Dwayne Baker making the trip this year, uh, J.R. Fitzpatrick making the trip a few years back. Yep. Um, I think you're going to see a lot more, you know, a lot more of the traveling. Um, I think that uh, you know there's there's been talks of a few other drivers that have been taking a look at doing uh, a very similar deal. It's expensive, but you know what? It's rewarding at the same at time. At the same time, yeah. and I'm sure Douglas, you're back with us. You're looking good. Uh, you probably have a lot of people you got to thank uh, for putting this bucket list together and supporting you. And I know we're getting up on time, so I better ask you who all you got there, brother. Well, I got to say, first of all, it's it's the heart of a champion. People who have and welcome me as a member of their their race team and their race family, and this is a wonderful series. The fact that they give the way they do, the IWK Foundation and all the great they do for this uh, children uh, in the Maritimes, for the um, I'm going to say the ones who would love to be where we are today, racing and for what they do for the families, it's amazing, and I just love playing a little part in it. My sponsors, the, the people that have got me here, like Dave's Auto Body, Sean McWhorter, who helped build this car that made it what it is, Dave Bentley, another phenomenal guy that's worked really hard on this, and even some of my fellow competitors like Nick Clark, who's uh, even looking at the scrub rails and telling me we're going to fix those. Don't worry, buddy. When you get home, we got you. I mean, it's it's wonderful. It's it's rewarding to share this experience, too, on the Internet with so many people. And I've really been uh, blessed by the, the friends and the fans that we've managed to achieve. Well, I know they're going to be excited to see you at Speedway 660. Got to know that if you're going to Speedway 660, and I know you're going to, you've got to look Douglas Fisher up when you're there. He drives to the number three, and uh, you stop by his pit. I guarantee you he's the same guy that you just seen on TV You'll be the same guy in the pits and uh, enjoy it. Douglas, good luck in your final race. I know we'll be keyed in and watching, men. Be safe. Have a good time. Maybe get another checkered flag. That would be a hoot. 
Oh, thanks, guys. I really appreciate all your support, and having us on your show means a really a bit a lot to us. And I can't thank you enough. Well, we'll see you when you get back. We'll get an update on that final race and uh, see what you do from there. Sound good? Okay, sounds great, guys. Thanks a lot. You bet. Douglas Fisher, driver of the number three in the Oscar Hot Rods, heart of a champion, coming up at Speedway 660. Watch for him. Uh, he's going to be dynamite. It's his last one on the East Coast. And then back to the old grindy goes back in the province of Ontario. We'll be glad to have him back. Uh, the Hot Rods uh, series will love having Douglas back in the field. We're going to hit our final break of the night. When we come back, we're going to go to the guy that won the Super Late Model Series at Speedway 660. Corey Hall is going to join us on the other side of the break. Stay right there. We will be back. This is Mike McCall from McCall Race Enterprises, and you're listening to Race Time Radio. From coast to coast, 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 to coast you're listening to Canada Talks. To Canada Talks. Tonight's Race Time Radio is brought to you by Leaf Racewear. Fuel your passion and confidence at leafracewear.com. We're an essential part of any team. And by Canadian Tire Motorsport Park, Canada's biggest sports car racing weekends of the year. For tickets and details, get to canadiantiremotorsportpark.com. Hey everyone, this is former NFL linebacker and current SiriusXM NFL radio host Kirk Morrison, and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, Total Coverage. Each week, I'll be joined by some of the greatest minds in the game as we explore the hows and the whys behind the week's biggest results. Whether we're breaking down player techniques, game plans, or coaching philosophies, we'll explain the details that define our favorite performances. New episodes will be available every Tuesday on the SiriusXM app, Pandora, and Apple Podcasts. Hey everyone, this is World Series champions Lance McCullers Jr. and Carlos Correa. We're excited to announce that our podcast, The Walkout, is now available on SiriusXM. Each episode, we go inside the world of combat sports, providing hardcore analysis, honest opinions, and top picks for every fight. If you share the same passion for combat sports as we do, you need to listen to The Walkout. Episodes are available on the SiriusXM app, Pandora, and wherever you get your podcasts. Rev TV, your motorsports and automotive destination. Watch live races from around the world and right here at home from two wheels to four and so much more. Rev TV is your source for motorsports. Rev TV features exclusive race series, up-to-date news coverage, documentaries, how-to programs, and adrenaline-filled lifestyle programs 24-7. Go green with Rev TV. Contact your TV provider to order. Tonight's Race Time Radio is fueled by... AP Race Fuels, the worldwide leader in race fuel technology. It's time to get back to the racetracks. For over 30 years, Quick Quick Fire Starters have fueled the sport on and off the track, making lighting your campfire as easy as one, two, three. There's no need for kindling or paper. Just pop your Quick Quick Fire Starter in the pit, add your wood, and presto, you're a pro. Quick Quick Fire Starters, no harmful chemicals, and guaranteed to light your fire every time. Quick Quick Fire Starters, the world's best fire starter. And now is a public service. Race Time Radio presents Driving Tips. Tip number 12. Never question your crew chief's methods in his quest for total race perfection. 
It's the pace car. What for? Because you hit every other damn thing out there. I want you to be perfect. And that was tonight's driving tip from Race Time Radio. Now, back to more Smoke and Joe. And welcome back, everybody, to Race Time Radio. <coughs> Excuse me. Easy uh, for you to say. Can you tell that uh, I, I double tripped the same promo? Yeah. I was supposed to trip two. I hit four. Mike McCall got a double hit. He did, and uh, so did Days of Thunder. That's uh, too funny. <laughs> uh, let's get to our next guest, shall we? This driver, uh, he has won a couple of races. He eluded us the first time. But got to know Corey Hall, driver of the 83, when he is not in behind the wheel of his race car, be it a legend car, be it his pro late model, be it whatever, uh, he is on top of the box for somebody. And that particular day, after winning his first uh, super late model series race, he was uh, down at Oxford Plains helping another team out on top of the box. And we couldn't mesh the time together tonight. We got him. We got the number 83 of Corey Hall goes to Victory Lane just yesterday at Speedway 660. He joins us now on the Zoom line. What's going on, Corey? How you doing, buddy? Doing great. It's good to be on here. Just uh, missed the first one, like you said, so glad to uh, make up for that and get a, get a second one down. Yeah, well, we appreciate the time. I can guarantee you that. Uh, sounds like it was a burn burner of a finish. Brent was telling me it was just incredible uh, to see you go to Victory Lane. Take us back to the race last night. Sounds like it was action-packed. Yeah, I mean, that's that's what this Super Late Model Series is producing. Um, we've had some of the best finishes um, that we've seen in the Maritimes um, just in these, these well, now five races. And um, it's a lot to do with the car counts, but it's a lot to do with the quality of driver. I mean, it's uh, it's pretty cool to go to these events and, um, and you have all of these um, really high-quality drivers um, running in that, that top 10. And, um, you know, one bad day can create a, a lot worse of a finish. So um, I look at my, my first race in 660. Uh, I had a left rear tire go down, and we missed it and um, had some troubles. And I ended up, I believe, ninth or 10th. And uh, we're, you know, with a lesser car count, I mean, you could have still salvaged something decent out of it. So... Um, it's made it to where you have to be on on your game, and you have to be 100%. And I think it's awesome. Um, that's where you you want to be, and you, you want that competition level, and you want to, um, you you want to race the best. So that's certainly what this weekend was. Um, racing with Ashton was was great, and he's certainly the the best around. So it was. Uh, I don't know. I'm sure you probably have a little bit of a different opinion on 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 the outcome that for me, it was cool to, in my opinion, muscle it a little bit away from them. Um, when we might not have had the faster car, but, uh, the restart was seven to go certainly saved us. But, uh, nonetheless, it was, uh, it was a great finish for the series for the fans. Um, certainly one to watch. If, if you're not going to these races, I highly recommend you do. Yeah. 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 And, uh, that's what I've heard all series long. And for the record, you raced them hard. You didn't wreck them. You didn't record yeah. for the lead. No. And everybody wants to win. I can well imagine yep. Ashton would race you just as hard if the shoe was <laughs> on the other foot. Yeah, for sure. It was. And, um, you know, we got uh, got into one, and, and he ran the bottom really good and got up alongside of us. And 
Um, he got up in my door, and, and once that happened, it just turned us both sideways. And uh, man, it was uh, it was a wild ride from there. We um, ended up sideways going down into the corner, and, and he ended up in the infield and back on the track and tore my bumper off. And then I throttled up and um, had no rear downforce whatsoever. So we were sideways coming to the line, but uh, we made it across first. So um, anyways, it was a chaotic finish. Um, great job to um, Brad Silliker and, and that whole team and Ashton. Um, like I said, they were definitely the fastest pair. We just kind of kind of stole that one from them again. Um, I'm sure it's frustrating for them to have it happen last week and then this weekend again. But um, nonetheless, it's uh, it's cool to be on the other side. So hopefully come 250 weekend, I'm not on the other foot. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like it at the end of a race. I don't like it when somebody leaves mad. Obviously, like if 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 you know if somebody leaves mad, that's that's not a good day. But I like no. it when when second place is unhappy when they leave, right? So I, there's a big difference between mad. That's when a guy gets dumped. You know, when right. when you just drive up there and left rear a guy and and you know just take him out. That's that's a whole different ball game. But when two guys get racing and they get arcing off each other. And and I don't care, you know, as long as everybody, you know, keeps her keeps her on the straight and narrow, uh, and and you don't need you don't need welders after, then then I I think that uh, that's that's what the fans are there for. And you know, you, I look back to some of the most memorable races for me, um, you know, uh, uh, DJ Kennington and and Trayton Lapsovich at at Delaware Speedway. Oh yeah, you know. It, it, they were unhappy with second place. Well, I guess so. You, you got it taken away from you. Yeah. But, you know, you look at, at, at plenty of other races out there that, uh, uh, you know, second place is happy with second. And that, that's not fun. There, there's yeah. no fun in that. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I, I think everybody, um, you know, definitely should take a page out of your guys' book out there because you guys are definitely putting some numbers on the board. And that's what gets the fans showing up, and and when the fans show up, the the sponsors show up, and and it, it's just healthy for everybody. But uh, Corey, uh, you know, with you going back and forth, helping other guys be a crew chief, um, working with King Racing and and those guys, and then also you know straddling that with wearing a helmet, uh, you know, for for a portion of the year. Talk a little bit about the the struggles with that, but also talk about the benefits because there's got to be both. Yeah, I mean, of course, it has it has everything. So um, being in this world nonstop, um, you learn a lot and you observe a lot. And um, it makes it to where um, my job makes uh, my racing career a little easier because I, uh, the knowledge is far more significant than, than if I was on my own or um, all that makes it to where it's uh, it's easier for me to have uh, winning race cars when, when this is what I do. Um, along with everything at King Competition, all the all the resources that we have and all the personnel that we have, um, they're uh, kind of available to me um, at night and, and on weekends and all that. Um, you know, obviously the, the struggles is, is time. Times you only have so much time in the day. So um, you know, like leading up to the the two fifty, um, we were all out of the shop at. Uh, midnight, twelve thirty, trying to get cars ready to go to the racetrack, and uh, it's it's a lot of work, you know, and and um, it's not just a, an easy, you know, oh well, you know, their cars are fast uh, when they got, you know, they do it full time. Well, 
yes, we do it full time and it doesn't allow time for a part time operation as well. And, um, Andrew is, uh, more than patient with me when it comes to, uh, my own car and, and, and me racing on, on the weekends that I do and the time that it takes away, um, for me to be able to do that. But, um, anyways, we, we just work really good together that way. And it's, uh, it's proven to be a pretty successful combination so far. Well, and it would, right? Uh, customers' cars always come first, and then you yep. fall into play, you know. Uh, yep. But at some point here, you get your job done so that you can have your weekend, too. And uh, as long as the respect remains there, that's the cool part about it. And, uh, Corey Hall, you do an amazing job behind the wheel of that 83. I also think back to not too long ago in a legend car, uh, you are magic behind the wheel of one of them babies as well. And on iRacing, I might put that out there. I was part of a few iRaces that uh, we were calling, and I kept saying the name, Corey Hull, here he comes again. Uh, how about legend cars? How much? Uh, how many more races do you got coming up in a legend, or do you have any more coming at you? Um, I don't have any necessarily planned. Uh, uh, I just have it sitting there. And um, honestly, I love the series and the cars and driving them. Um, it is some of the most fun you could possibly have on a wheel of a race car. They are erratic. Um, They're hard to control. And you are just constantly driving them every single lap. You can run 50 laps at 100%. And I, I love that part of it. And it um, it's always suited my driving style very well, which I've been fortunate of. But, um, you know, with the with the pro stock, it's a lot more technical. You have to plan and you have to try to uh, plan how, how you race people, how you manage your race, how you – uh, use your tires when you use your tires and all of that becomes so much more significant, which is, uh, what the sport's all about. Don't get me wrong, but it's just more and it requires more. Obviously with the, with that, you need a crew and, um, and all the personnel where the legend car I can just take on my own and me and dad go and, and have some fun. Right. So yeah. I enjoy that aspect of it, but, uh, it's times are changing, you know, now it's a lot of younger kids and, um, uh, sometimes, uh, that generation and that driving style doesn't match up with the, with what I was taught. Um, so uh, I, I enjoy it and I enjoy going back, but uh, I wouldn't do it all the time because I'd probably get frustrated. But uh, um, so I don't know what's what's next for that stuff. But just go and, and have some fun with that every once in a while. But the main focus is just the pro stock and trying to get to as many pro late races as we can with it. That um, kind of fits into our time and budget frame. Um, and, and that's kind of where we're at. Obviously, if we had more budget, we'd do more races. And if we had more time, um, we might do some, some bigger stuff, too. But it's all kind of what works. We're with Corey Hall tonight, driver of the number 83 in the Super Late Model Series out on Canada's East Coast. Corey, this has to really set the stage now for the iconic 250 that comes up at Speedway 660. Uh, we're going to have more about it next weekend with uh, Brent Roy's going to join us so we can preview the 250 for everybody. But this really has to set the stage well for you as a driver. You've got to be licking your chops to get to it. Will there be much difference between the 83 card that you prepared and got ready to go for the 150 on the weekend and one? to the 250 that's coming up? Um, majorly different. So uh, uh, so Ashton Tucker and Brad Silicon Motorsports, they, they purchased a, a car through King Competition at the start of the year and been racing it. So the setup that went into that 
is the same setup that um, I won two years ago with and last year led a lot and was with Ashton a lot. Um, and then I went there with an experimental setup that um, I was not happy with. <laughs> and uh, uh, dri him driving away from me earlier in that race was frustrating knowing that uh, I made the wrong choice and I should have stuck with what I knew. So I think the, the goal is to go back to what I know and um, have something to where me and him just have to outrace each other. And I think that's awesome. So the goal for us, obviously, as a company is to have um, all the cars there. And I think it was cool, um, you know, leading up to the end, it was going to be Ashton, me, and Dave. Um, I obviously got ahead of Ashton at the end, and, and Dave fell back one position. But for us as a team, um, as team competition, it's just – we want our customers to have everything and have the best possible shot. We want to have the top five all cars of King. And, uh, you know, we're working towards that. And it's good to have Brad Nash on board of our program. And there's lots for us to be proud of with that, too. It's uh, it's not always, you know, another competitor, certainly when racing with him. And, and as he's driving away, it's frustrating as a driver. But... Um, as, a, as Corey Hall at King Competition, I think it's the coolest thing ever. So it's certainly a, a juggle. But for as far as the car, yeah, we'll be doing wholesale changes back to, to what we know works. Well, there you go. Uh, good on you and uh, Fury and King Competition in Victory Lane on the weekend. I got 60 seconds left, and I need you to tell me who sponsors that number 83 car because <laughs> I know they're important to get you to that track. Yes, every single one of them is important, and uh, and, and without them, none of this would, would happen the way it does. So um, certainly have to start off and uh, thank King Competition. They, they've been a major supporter of mine, and, uh, and Andrew's always you know helped me out as much as he can with that. Um, King Freight Lines, Rolly and Judy are, have always been great to me. Um, GS Racing has kind of been with me right from the start, and uh, they're a big part of it. Um, plant seafood, uh, Danny Plant, and them have been great. And actually, we're going down with Jeremy Wharf this weekend, and uh, pretty excited about that for the 250 in Oxford. Um, Robbie's Towing, Chris Forney, Remax, uh, Livingston Steel. Uh, God, I'm probably forgetting people. I'm not great at this interview stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're doing a great job, man. And we surely appreciate the time on Race Time. You go get it. Man, we're going to have the winner of the 250 and I'm sure more throughout the course. And uh, we'll check in with you and hopefully get you back on the show. Uh, show. Sounds good? I'd love to be back on. We'll see you guys in two You weeks. betcha. That is Corey Hall, winner of the Super Late Model Tour out there. Super Late Model Series on Canada's East Coast. Winning at 660. 250 coming up. Watch him, Junior. He's going to be over the rocket quick. Yeah, definitely. And uh, hats off to Corey. Uh, tough that they're both on the same weekend, isn't it? Yes. I don't yes, like yes. that at all. So, uh, Maritime, get your get your poop in a group out there. Yeah. Uh, yeah I don't yeah. like that they're running at Riverside and, and running at, no. uh, at 660 at the same time. No need um, for that. No need for that at all. And uh, uh, I hate to end the show on a negative, but uh, uh, I wouldn't be who I am if I didn't say what's on my mind. And uh, that's one thing. Uh, shame on whoever figured that out. And, and uh, don't, uh, don't, don't do, do that again. anymore. No, no. I uh, got to tell you, the Lucas. All Sportsman Cup is heading back to the tractor at Sunset Speedway next weekend. Junior APC hits the beach. Uh, NASCAR Pinties hits up uh, Icar. Icar. 
Uh, we got so much happening. Check your local racetrack listings. And I got to tell you, to all of our BC fans, please, please be safe. These fires have to end, and you will get back to the speedway, but you've got to be safe. Please, please, please. And all of our race fans that listen in up in the Northwest Territories, I know we got a dirt track up there. Uh, what's happening up there is devastation. We feel for all of you. Please, please be safe. Heed the warnings, and we'll get to the other side of this, and hopefully uh, uh, we as a world figure this out and smarten up and get our climate back into shape. But that is going to do it for us here tonight in the Race Time Radio studio. Got to thank Sue here. Got to thank uh, Scotty back in Toronto and absolutely everybody. And thank you for tuning in each and every week like you do. And we will be back with you next Sunday night at 5 p.m. Eastern, all live on Sirius XM, Channel 167 Canada Talks. Have a good one, everybody. Thanks for listening to Race Time Radio. Visit us on the web at www.racetimeradio.com. We hope you'll join us again next time for more Race Time Radio. Come on now, dig, dig, dig. Exclusively on your home for the hardcore race fan. Excellent, buddy, excellent.